What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Unbiased Football Talk, brought to you from the cold North Pole of Fargo, North Dakota, where we already have multiple inches of snow, unfortunately. November 16th, it's pretty ridiculous. But I'm just speaking for myself. These two gentlemen here are uh, living down in Southern California. What's going on, fellas? Hey, hey, it was a little windy today. I mean, does that count? Oh, I I don't know. Is that the winter storm of Southern California? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you already know. We that. will rebuild. Yep, you already know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. We're here. I know Mike had a solo episode the other day, uh, yesterday, and kind of talked some talk some ball about Week Ten. But we're going to talk about it a little more here. Um, started off with some NFC East, AFC East stuff. I'm going to let Mike take it from here. Mike, what you got for these two divisions? I know you wanted to talk about them a little bit. Yeah. So. As of right now, you look at the playoff picture, the whole entire AFC East is going to go to the playoffs. And then you look at the other side of the NFC East, everybody is going to go to the playoffs except for the Washington Commanders at, the, at this point, but they're only a half game out. So my question to you guys is, do you think this is going to be sustained? Do you think that the AFC East, the entire AFC East is going to make the playoffs? And uh, the NFC East, is it possible that they get everybody in the playoffs? So kind of a two-part question. No. (laughs) I mean, it's a – there's going to be multiple teams from both divisions in the playoffs, yes. But the Patriots are not making the playoffs. Okay. Um, The Jets, mm, maybe, maybe. They have a better chance than the the Patriots, in my opinion. The Bills and the Dolphins, yes. I think the Bills are still one of the best teams in the league, and the Dolphins are not talked about enough. And the NFC East, no. The Washington Commanders are not going to the playoffs. And the New York Giants are not going to the playoffs. That's my guess. The... In my opinion, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles will be, I mean, they'll probably win 12 games, and the Dallas Cowboys will be one of the wild card, but what do you think, James? Uh, Well, certainly anything is possible in this crazy world we live in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That said, yeah, I don't don't think the entire AFC makes the playoffs. now, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be a little surprised, but I think it's more likely than most people think that the Jets hold on to their spot because mm-hmm. they have a really good defense. You know, uh, Robert Salah has got that squad playing at, at a level where they drafted all these first-round rookies on defense, and he's uh, helping them realize their potential sooner rather than later. So I wouldn't be – I could definitely see them holding on to that spot the seven spot right now they're in the this spot but uh if they make it a seven seed i wouldn't be totally shocked because you look at the teams on the outside looking in right now you got the chargers who are an injury riddled mess and they have a as much as i've tried to stand by him the past two years brand staley is not a good coach he is not he's not winning i mean granted they're five and four right now with injury riddled squad so he deserves some credit for that but it's uh it's gonna be uphill battle for them uh, the Bengals are right behind the Chargers. Well, they're tied five and four. They're missing Jamar Chase right now, but I mean, even though I call Joe, Joe Burrow fancy Jimmy Garoppolo, um, they do have. I think the offensive line will continue to get better as the year goes on. I like their defense more than most. 
And, um, you know, I mean, this this offense can still score points. So they're, they're definitely going to challenge New England for that last spot. So it's going to be hard for New England and New York to hold these teams off. That said, uh, New York, I think they could do it. I personally wouldn't bet on it. But, uh, I mean, if they make it, I won't be totally shocked. I'd be a little surprised, but not not totally. Yeah, you know what? I got I got the Jets making the playoffs. Uh, the Patriots, to me, um, I, I think they're going to come up short at some point. And I'm looking at their schedule right now. You got They got the Jets this week. So that's going to be a big key game. But after that, they got to go to Minnesota. They got to play. They got to play uh, the Bills after that. <clears throat> they got a couple winnable games at the Cardinals and Raiders. And then on Christmas Eve, they got a pretty big game against the Bengals, which will probably settle who's going to uh, make the playoffs and uh, who's going to be in or out. So uh, that's the key game to watch down the line, that Christmas Eve game versus the Bengals. And then they got two more after that Dolphins-Bills. So I think the Patriots are going to be the team that's going to be on the outside looking in. Um, and it's going to come down to either the Bengals or the Chargers for that last spot. And I think the Chargers, um, I, I think that they're they're one of those teams that when when healthy, they're 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 one of those teams that uh, can get get going and and they're going to be hard to beat in December if they can get everybody healthy again. So um, it's going to be between one of those two. And I think the Patriots are going to run out of gas at some point. I think starting um, these next three games, if they uh, if they go on a three game losing streak, you can look for them to kind of be on the outside looking in. Yeah, yeah if you want their schedules. Uh, Sorry, Ian. I just want to highlight the betting odds real quick. Uh, the Jets, according to DraftKings, are 50-50 to make the playoffs. And the Chargers and Bengals are actually favored to do it. Minus 115 for the Chargers, minus 120 for the Bengals. Uh, the Patriots, despite holding the seventh seed right now, they're plus 135, which is roughly like, I think, 40%-ish. So, yeah, they got their work cut out for them. I was basing yeah. my opinion on the the, the the Patriots based off their schedule for sure. Yeah, you know what? It's, you know, uh, I, 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 I don't think the Patriots can. Somebody's they, like at said, the front can, door. You got somebody at the front door. Sorry. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as far as the Patriots go, I think um, I think that they just I, I don't think they they're going to run. I think they're going to run out of gas. I don't think they have enough. And then you look over on the on the NFC side. Now, the commanders. They're getting back their uh, defensive end. They're getting Chase Young back um, with a defense that that, um, that defensive line looks pretty good. So if you add a little bit of um, manpower there, uh, they can they can take out some teams. Now their schedule is pretty favorable for the next couple of games. They got the Texans uh, coming up, and they got the Falcons. Um, they they could be easily looking at, uh, at at seven and five at that point, and then they go back to back against the Giants, which is going to be is going to be a key game. I think they could split those, and then they go to to San Francisco. Um, and they, I don't think they'll beat the 49ers in, uh, on Christmas Eve, and then Browns, and then Cowboys. And I think that Cowboys game, the Cowboys might be wanting to play spoiler if uh, the Commanders are going to be looking for that last spot. So I wouldn't count the Commanders out completely. I know that uh, you know Taylor Heineke is they're kind of rallying around him right now and rallying for that coach. So it, to me, it just seems like it, it could happen. And if that defense can keep playing the ball that they're playing right now, I would say why not at this point. Yeah, you make um, you make some good points. I did like uh, what I saw out of the defense on Monday night. You know, I um, 
the the post game speech by Ron Rivera is one of the it's reasons tough. that you know you it, it's beautiful to see though like the dude can't even get a word out his mother just passed away yeah. and uh, Terry McLaurin steps up and finishes the speech for him and you know that organization is has been in shambles for 20 years the owner is a piece of shit and uh, they're <laughs> four and five no one really thinks they can do anything and yet they were you saw Heineke celebrate that late hit like uh, he just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, because he knew that guaranteed a win. So these guys just want to go out there and perform for each other, you know, do right by each other. And it's an awesome thing to see. All that said, I'm, I, I don't see them making the playoffs. Like they, I, I just, you, you just can't bet on Taylor. Is it Taylor or Tyler? Is it Taylor? See, I don't even know the dude's name. I was calling him Heineken in my group chat. Um, yeah, but that's, that's good though. Cause it's easier to spell Heineken than it is Heineke. Yeah, my, my phone auto corrected and I just I just let it be. I Left wasn't it. gonna look up the right. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're minus point seven yards per play differential, below average offense, average defense. Uh, yeah, I just I don't I don't see it. Even though the NFC is weak, I'm not gonna put my money on Tyler Heineke to Taylor Heineke to <laughs> you know make make the playoffs there. I don't think the Commanders are making the playoffs either. Like I said earlier, but to your point. That speech was tough. That was rough, man. I remember I've watched it a hundred times. Like, and shout out to T- uh, Terry McLaurin for that because even I got go- I'm got goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but I will say that, you know, as a Vikings fan, I wasn't rooting for the Eagles to lose um, by any means, but it was fun to watch. And Taylor Heineke made some throws. And he made I told. Throws. I told James before the show, that's the uh, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. That's the best interior defensive line duo in the league. Interior defensive line. Absolutely. Um, that they are so disruptive, it's unbelievable. They need to lock those guys up this offseason. I know. I think Jonathan Allen. I think he's a free agent, but they were fun to Deron watch Payne on Monday well. night. They're both. They're both free agents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Minnesota, get on that what phone. Are you doing? But that's how I feel about the Washington Commanders. Yeah, and you know, you add on Chase Young to that that uh, that front line, man. That's gonna be a tough. Uh, that's gonna be a tough front line to, to to deal with on a weekly basis. Like, and that's kind of why I, I I give him a chance. I give him a fighting shot. Um, and the schedule doesn't look so bad. I mean, you. you I don't. I, the Giants are playing well. They're seven and two, but I'm not 100% sold on the Giants. I think they can split those two games with the Giants. Um, Texans, Falcons, they can win that one. So that's three wins. That puts them at eight wins right there, you know? So, and they still got, a, you know, the 49ers, Browns, and Cowboys. Three tough games, but who's to say that they can't take care of business against the Browns? And, you know, now the question is at that point, is nine wins enough at that point? That's the question you would ask, is nine wins enough? So, that's my case for the, the commanders. I mean, you know, the commanders, they, they have a below average offense, like James noted. So, you know, that that could that could be there what bites them. But I mean, if they if they can get nine wins, they they, they got a chance, man. Yeah, they definitely do. Uh nine wins could be enough in the NFC. I just don't know if they can get there. Mm, they're four away. It's possible. I I like the Giants too. I do. They're playing really well with no receivers. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I mean, what, who's their number one? Darius Slayton. 
You so uh, far, Wandale Robinson. One of those sure. two. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they traded uh, Kadarius Tony. He got a touchdown right away with the Chiefs. Well, you know, I said in the pre- uh, on the on the solo episode, they gave uh, they gave Saquon Barkley the ball thirty five times. So, right. when was the last time you see the running back run the ball thirty five times? You know, and, yeah. And, and, you you know, might... is, that, is that sustainable? You know what I mean? Seven and two, they got a nice cushion. They can win a few games and still make the playoffs at this point. But is that sustainable? Can you keep giving Saquon Barkley the ball 30 to 35 times a game without him getting hurt? No. So that's that's kind of where I stand with that one. And, you know, the Giants, they, they're going to hurt offensively if they don't get any of these receivers going. You can't you can't be one dimensional in this league. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm, I'm kind of reserving uh, excitement, I guess, for the Giants because. They're just super one-dimensional on offense, man. And it's a one-man show, and 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 uh, Danny Dimes isn't necessarily throwing dimes out there. So um, that's that's kind of where I stand with them, man. Yeah, I um, I agree. <laughs> I do think it's a testament to Brian Dable that oh, he yeah. is, uh, you know, he in, in Buffalo. I heard this on another podcast. I guess people gave him crap for throwing too much in Buffalo. But you look at their roster and what else are you going to do? <laughs> and then yeah. he comes to New York and they're one of the run heaviest teams in the league. Yep. And lo and behold, they have Saquon Barkley. So it's a testament to Dable, you know, uh, formulating game plan around the personnel that he has. You know, I wish uh, I, I, it, it sounds so simple to do, but a lot of coaches don't do it. You know, um, a.k.a. Kyle Shanahan. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, props to him there. What's their record? Six and three, seven and two. Seven and two. Seven, and, seven two. and two. They're seven and two. Like, yes, it's, it's gonna be very hard for them to make the playoffs. To not make the playoffs, like, yeah, it's <laughs> damn. They would only I, have I remember, to at least three games at this point to make it. You know, I remember looking at to make the playoff odds and NFC Championship odds before the season, and the um, the Giants were. I think they were like 30 to 1 to win the conference and Detroit was like 50 to 1. I'm like, how is this this much of a gap between these two teams? Like, they're both going to suck. Why is New York supposedly coaching. this much better? And yeah, um, yeah exactly. Coaching. <laughs> like, it's, I couldn't have been more wrong uh, on that. You know, I took, I, I was like, one of these teams, like, I want to bet on one of these teams to make the playoffs or quote bet because I can't freaking bet but uh you know the week <laughs> nfc i thought one of these teams had a chance to make the playoffs odds were too long i picked the wrong one the giants have really have really shown out this year props to day bowl oh yeah if i was to guess one of those teams giants or or, or lions i would have been all over the Lions at the beginning of the season so yeah that's that's big props to the giants for sure before Brian hard Dable. knocks in I did not no, watch, not I did not watch I did not watch not a second of hard knocks. No, I no, like no. this team before <laughs> I heard that show existed. Okay. I'm not gonna start this argument again. <laughs> I didn't watch any of it except for that one clip of, of Jamal Williams crying and now they're sitting what two and seven. He's crying even more. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you're I mean, you're right. I'm sure some people hopped on the bandwagon because of that show. I wasn't one of them. Yeah, I, I mean, too. Dan Campbell's a likable guy. He's not a good football coach. Yeah. yeah he he gets all his plays off of Madden rookie mode. <laughs> if you guys know that video. 
But we'll we'll move on to the next topic. I know. I mean, this is an interesting question Mike wanted to talk about. Um, is this the end of the road for the Seahawks? Now, my question, I mean, one of my big questions is who's going to win the NFC West? So, I mean, Mike, why don't you explain what you mean for his, or why you're even asking this question of is it the end of the road for the Seahawks? Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> well, Pete you know, I, I don't, don't discredit Pete Carroll now. You know what? I wasn't asking because I believe that it is the end of the road for them. I think they can still make the playoffs, but you know they lose a they lose a game um, where they kind of needed to rely on the quarterback. You know, you, you you we wanted to we said that uh, Geno Smith was having a pretty decent season this year statistically, and um, like he he is he's having one of those good seasons, but like. You know, at at the end of that game, like they needed him to make a big play. And to me, when you get in December, um, when you play these teams, like like the games get a little bit more tight. Can can Geno Smith go down the field and make those big plays, uh, make those plays, those key plays at the end of games and and, and get you a win? And that's kind of where I'm standing with them. Um, you know, on the flip side, if if Geno Smith makes a big play against the Bucks and uh, wins that game. You're talking about Geno Smith being an MVP candidate at this point. So, you know, to me, I think that I'm gonna look at their schedule, but I think that the the I think the 49ers are gonna win that division. Um, but <clears throat> you know, if if they do, if they do drop, is that gonna be is that gonna be enough to make the playoffs? You know, and I could see some letdown games uh, happening with the Seahawks because of that young roster as well. You know they have a lot of youngsters in there. They drafted really well this this season. They got they got uh, uh, Wool Tariq Woolen on defense. Other other uh, at the other side they got Kobe Bryant uh, at the other corner, and then they they got um, they got Kenneth Murray, who's an offensive rookie of the year. But you know at the end of the season, those rookies, you know, are they gonna with are they gonna be able to stand the test of a, of a long season? That's kind of where I'm I'm kind of like. You know, I'm I'm kind of uh, concerned about. So, you know, I'm looking at their schedule. They they have uh, they have the bye week, but next week they play the Raiders. They should win that game. It's at home. They got the Rams um, uh, in L.A. That's a winnable game. Panthers, 49ers. So after the Panthers game, they got 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, and Rams. That final game. Now I can see the Rams getting it together at the end of the season and playing spoiler, especially if that is for like a final spot in the playoffs. But 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, and Rams, those final four games is going to be key for the for the Seahawks. And I think that, you know, in those in December games, you're going to need your quarterback to step up and make a big play at the end of games. And can Geno Smith do that? He didn't do it against the Bucks, so it leads me to believe, like, hey, he's got to prove to me that he can do it and get his team in the playoffs. What do you think about that, man? Yeah, he – Um. so I do agree with you in the sense that, like, if, if I would like to bet against the team because I think they have overperformed, you know, right. relative to what we thought before the season. And if you look at their, if you look at their wins so far, uh, they beat the Broncos opening night, they beat the Lions, and then they have wins against the Cardinals at home, Chargers on the road, uh, Giants, and then Cardinals again on the road. Those are their wins, and it's it's not really a who's who of the league, you know. Like the Broncos yeah. suck. The Lions can't win a game for shit. The Cardinals, like, 
Kyler Murray enough said. And then you got the Chargers who, I mean, credit to them. They really kicked their ass in that game. They did. They, they won by they 14 did. points. They really won by like 30, honestly. It yeah. wasn't that close. And then you got the Giants. They beat the Giants. That's an impressive win. But again, the Giants, like, they're overperforming too. So I wish I would have seen this coming, you know, betting against them to beat the Bucks. I thought, like, the Bucks minus two was a stupid line. And, you know, lo and behold, I'm wrong again. You know, go figure. But so I would like to bet against them, like the team, because they are overperforming. But their schedule is what's going to make it hard for them to get out of the playoff race. Because, like you highlighted, they have a tough stretch with the Niners, Chiefs, and Jets. But their other opponents, the Rams twice, the Raiders, and the Panthers, yeah. they, if, if they can go 3-1 and one in that stretch, that's nine wins. And nine wins is probably enough in the NFC. So uh they uh DraftKings has a minus 225 to make the playoffs that's like around 70 percent if yeah. you don't think they're going to do it you get you get good odds plus 180 so that's that's their odds to not make the playoffs i would you know gino's been playing good enough i think carol has these guys buying into what he's preaching they have a lot of good young players it's, it'll be interesting to see if like all of them hit the proverbial ricky wall at the same time you know but yeah I think it's a toss-up. If I were to bet on it, I think plus 180 is the bet to not make the playoffs just because I legit think it's 50-50 they do it or not, you know? So if you're a betting man, plus 180 to not make the playoffs, I think that's value. I, I will go with that value, especially because, I mean, going back to the point I made previously with the commanders, is nine wins enough? And I and I think that the commanders can win nine games. And if the if the the Seahawks kind of sputtering back into nine wins, then, you know, you're looking at a tiebreaker type situation. Now, I don't know the mathematics behind that. I don't know, you know, who would be favored in that, but you might see a situation where you're, you're picking a, a, a commanders or, you know, a team that's like, uh, um, that's, you know, has nine wins as well over a Seahawks team in a tiebreaker situation. Once again, like I said, I don't know what the mathematics would be in that, but, it's something to consider. If I was a betting man, I would definitely pick that plus 180, though. If you win the division, you're in the dance. I mean, that's what these, this team is saying right now. They already have six wins. I mean, the 49ers are, what, five and four? Yep, four and right five, there. something like that. So they're right there. I think the 49ers are a much better team. They just don't play up to their potential. James, you might disagree. I don't know. But I think the 49ers are not playing to their potential. And the, 49, or the Seahawks are definitely... Oh, they're they're playing better than anyone thought. They're definitely overperforming, and I mean they need to win four more games to get in, in my opinion. Maybe three, like James said. Nine wins is probably good enough in the NFC, where it's a way weaker conference than the AFC. I, I guess. Is it? I mean, it, is it? Uh, it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> it is. I mean, the the Chiefs and the Bills are 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 for real. And the and the Dolphins, and you got the Eagles, the Vikings, and then the 49ers. and so. But they only need a couple more wins to get in, and then from there, maybe one and done. Who knows? But I think the 49ers are still going to win that division too. Yeah, yeah. And then a, the, like like I said, the question would be like, how many teams out of that division make the playoffs? You know, and, and, you know, this is the game to watch. The On December 15th, the Sunday night game, 
the 49ers have to go to Seattle. So, you know, that's that's the big game right there. That's going to be the one that decides uh, who's going to win that division, in, in my opinion. Well, according to James, the 49ers are the best, or I'm sorry, the fourth best team in the league. So probably the 49ers, right? <laughs> did I say that? Yes, you did. Well, the way you said it was, the 49ers are the best normal team in the league. Oh yeah, that yeah, two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks, I, I did I did say that. Okay, you're right, you're right. I can't remember. It was yeah. the first game with, or it was the second Christian McCaffrey's second game there, and he had the three touchdowns. Yeah. And I was you, like, well, why don't you just say fourth best team? You keep teasing me. Do you want to talk about the Niners? Because I can, I can talk about the Niners. <laughs> I'm all about talking about everybody. Well, yeah, shoot, make a case, make a case for them to win this division, man. Because I mean, I got, I got you guys winning the division. I got the. 49ers. I mean, I still think they're going to win. They have the, they have one of the best rosters in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna, I was gonna uh, bag on them actually, because like, they got the same, you know, it's the same story. They're they're in, they they got a lot of players hurt, which, it's been the same shit since 2017. And normally injuries are random, but like every year they have one of the most injured teams. Even in 2019, the Super Bowl run, it was week eight and they had like half of their starters on IR. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, it was a testament to that squad and Shanahan and Garoppolo that they kept winning despite all those injuries. But, um, you know, for a team with so much offensive talent, they really struggled to score points. Like that game against the Chargers on Sunday – they should have beat them 35 to 17, 35 to 10. You know, like yeah. now I, I get that I drops a touchdown. Uh, Eli Mitchell stumbles on his own foot, you know, so there's there's 14 points right there. Right. But still, like are, it, it's it's weird to call a team with with uh, George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel vertically challenged. But who can beat you on a go route on this squad? Who, who, who are you throwing a nine route to when you need it? And, like, would you even throw one with Garoppolo? Apparently Kyle will never throw a downfield pass after <laughs> Jimmy misses Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. Like, he probably he probably wakes up in a cold sweat dreaming about that, that <laughs> missed throw, you know? Like, I don't know if you saw him after the game just sitting, you know, on the floor back against some some freaking, I don't know, jockstrap bin or something, just looking absolutely defeated. And uh, I'm pretty sure he's traumatized from that game. He's traumatized from the 20 to three debacle because this dude is way too conservative. Like, I, do you remember him being this conservative in, in Atlanta? I, I don't. Granted, he had Julio Jones. He had Matt Ryan who could throw the ball downfield. Like, I understand you don't trust Jimmy to throw a deep ball, but you, you have to. He's your quarterback. He's not getting any better. And you have to make defenses respect that. Otherwise, like, yeah, it's cool to see McCaffrey and Debo lined up in the backfield, you know, at the same time you put one of them in motion or motion one of them into you. It, that That's awesome. You know, like defenses have to respect that. But if you're just going to throw a, a screen pass or, you know, a, a three yard slant in or whatever, like it's, I don't know. It, it's really weird to call them vertically challenged, but I think that's what they are. They, it's way too hard. They, they make it way too hard to score points. And I think it has to do with the play calling and the, the game style Kyle Shanahan tries to play. Like he just wants to hold on to a three-point lead and trust his defense, which they're good enough. The defense is really, really good to do that. But, you know, you're taking, 
you're taking the long way around where you can just cut through the field you know fucking score more points that's your job you're <laughs> you're, you're you, you sound yeah. like me you talking about mike zimmer right now for the last three years <laughs> <laughs> no seriously I mean, it's, no, it's and true, i respect though, it i'm but, with you i'm with you i'm 100 percent. but the thing with zimmer is like he's not touted as an offensive genius you know Fair you enough. see Kyle loses McDaniel. The Dolphins are the most explosive offense in the league, or one of them, drawing up all these creative plays. Tyreek Hill's having the season of a lifetime. And then you flash back to the Niners, and, like, where are they in scoring? I don't I don't want to look it up. It's bad radio to how many points they've scored, but they're boring at times. How are you boring with this much offensive talent? Like, it's... Yeah. And, like, oh, they're boring. Who cares? They're winning. Yeah, of course, you want to win, but... I say they're boring to illustrate the fact that like they can't score points like they should. And so people think that they're shoe in to make the playoffs. I mean, maybe they are, but are they going to be one and done when they get there? Are they going to continue to walk the tightrope and the defense gives up a big play? They get a defensive PI and it's first and goal on the one, you know, in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden they're down 10 points. Like I don't, I don't know. They make it way too hard to win games with the talent that they have. You know what I will say this about the 49ers is that they got the perfect uh, recipe for playoff football. They got a stout defense, and then they got an offense. They they're not they're vertically challenged, like you said, but they can kill you time of possession. They wear you down defensively. You know they're gonna dink and dunk you. They're gonna run between the tackles and wear you down, screen you to death, short plays, yeah. things like that. And that's perfect football in January. You know, they can go on the road and beat anybody with that, you know? That, that's perfect if you're the if you're the Washington Commanders with a limited quarterback and not much firepower. Well, yeah, when you have Debo, McCaffrey, and Kittle, and Ayuk, fucking air it out, man. <laughs> like, sling it. It's so frustrating to watch. This team can be so much better. And, like, 100%. I've supported Kyle, you know, two NFC championships, one Super Bowl in three years. That deserves credit, but he's – he can be so much better, man. Yeah, this team should be scoring 30 points a game for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I think they but just you're, still, you're they right, still have a, they still have enough to 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 get it out of the NFC. It, you know, despite all that, they still have enough. They can beat anybody in the NFC right now. They could also lose to anybody. That's, that, you're That's right. the problem. Yeah, I mean, I love them. But they are very boring to watch, and you just—you—I felt like I was watching me rant on Zimmer right there. But you're—you made a good point. Zimmer is not an offensive genius, apparently. But when you got people like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and you're struggling to score 15 points a game, it's pretty, pretty fucking frustrating. And they even um, had a better quarterback. Yes, I said they have a better quarterback. So they do. I always defend Zimmer to you because he won. It's hard to win in this league. And that's why I'm still sticking with Kyle because he's shown he can win. But yeah, I guess win better. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, shit, I'll, I'll take him. I'll take him with the Raiders at this point, man. I'll take yeah, right? anybody. Well, you guys are, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the Raiders are strapped with, uh, or I should say trapped with uh, McDaniels for the next couple of years. Yeah, they yeah, can't afford to fire him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, that's really what it comes down to. We, you can't afford to. Can't afford to fire him at this point. Before we run out of time, let's talk about the last topic, and it seems to be on everybody's radar these days, and yeah, I'm sure I've been very 
harsh on the Vikings this year, but um, I'm going to start with James just because I know he hates the Vikings. The minute the Vikings start winning, he just becomes a hater for whatever reason. But the question, <laughs> the question that Mike asked is, are the Vikings Super Bowl contending team? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean can they win the Super Bowl. Is can they can they reach the Super Bowl? Can they win the NFC, James? Absolutely, they can win the NFC. I, I'm not saying they can't win the NFC. Uh, you can say they should. They could be a favorite to win the NFC, and you could make a valid argument for that. I'm not hating on the Vikings. Like the the reason I'm pushing back against them being one of the best teams in the league is the same reason I've advocated for them the past few years. Is that the past few years they couldn't win these close one score games. This year they are, and normally that stuff balances out over time. Now I will say there could be something that. You know, Kevin O'Connell has over Mike Zimmer in these tight games. He could be better at managing them, but we're never going to get the sample size to say yes or no. Like, that's just that's just facts. So, like, it, he, he could he could be better in these spots. You know, he could definitely be better. But the math says this stuff evens out over time. And they have won, what, six or seven of them so far? One-score games? Haven't, I'm pretty sure all of their wins have been in one-score games. No, not they beat the mistaken. breaks off the Packers in week one. You're right, you're right. Let's see, they have uh, one. It's, two, the, they've won six three, games in a row in every five, single one. six, seven, eight. Eight win, eight and one. Eight and oh in one-score games. No, so, yeah. seven and oh. No, seven. Seven and oh. Seven and oh in one-score games. That's going to regress. It had like it, it just it does. It's been proven. Like it it's not sustainable. So that that's why I push back on them. They have a hell I mean, of an offense. You're you you can say I mean you could you can say that beating teams like Detroit and Chicago um by one score games, that's that's you know, it's what well, I don't know. It's bad. <laughs> You're heavy favorited, go out there and beat them like you should, beat them by you know 10 plus whatever but i mean at the end of the day they're winning yeah. they haven't lost they haven't lost and the one something huge that kevin o'connell has over zimmer is the team likes <laughs> the team absolutely loves kevin o'connell the the difference of this team compared to last year is they hated mike zimmer the team hated him and he's doing something that mike zimmer hated to do. he's targeting justin jefferson he's throwing the ball he's letting kirk now, say what you want about this, this or that. The Vikings were down by 17 on the road in Buffalo. You could say you could sit here and say, oh, the Buffalo Bills, were lose, they lost cornerbacks, blah, blah, blah. The Vikings were down three cornerbacks. The Vikings were down their defensive tackle. They lost their starting left tackle, the number one ranked tackle in the NFL per pro football focus, Christian Derrissaw. So the Vikings were just as hurt. I mean, they were down 27 to 10 with one minute to go in the third quarter, and Dalvin Cook rips off an 81-yard touchdown. Boom! The game's completely changed. The Vikings' defense has 10 interceptions and leads the NFL in fourth-quarter interceptions. The team takes the ball away. The, the the defensive line gets at the quarterback. If they're winning one-score games, I don't give a damn. Yeah, it's hard on my blood pressure, but they're winning. I don't give a damn. They just went to Buffalo. Who had them beating the Buffalo Bills? I I do, buddy. Exactly. You had they had freaking because Cam Dantzler, their starting corners out. They had a Caleb Caleb Evans in there, his first NFL start guarding Stefan Diggs. He gets a concussion on a play that he forces a fumble. We recovered. 
And then you got Andrew Booth Jr., rookie, first time ever playing a defensive snap from Clemson, rookie from Clemson, guarding Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs was, he's playing 15 yards off of him because he, you got to respect the man. And then he comes out and you got Duke Shelley, who the Vikings signed off the Bears practice squad last week. And like, I mean, I the, the game was impressive. The, the seven and eight and one, seven in a row that they've won and in, in one score games. And I don't give a damn. I thought the Vikings were going to be sitting here at four and five, you know, maybe five and four or something like that. But um, I definitely think they're able to win this conference. And their only loss is against the Eagles in the second game ever that Kevin O'Connell coached. You know, they the Eagles got on a big lead. And the Vikings couldn't run the ball, which is what the Washington Commanders did to the Eagles on Monday night. You got to run the ball to beat the Eagles. And they couldn't run the ball. They got, you know, I'm not saying the Eagles are worse than the Vikings or the Vikings are better or whatever. But I'm starting to be less harsh on the Vikings after beating the Buffalo Bills on the road. Down 27 to 10. I'm saying I have the same view of them after that game. Because... Like you said, they were down 27 to 10. It was a hell of a comeback. I'm not trying to take the win credit for the win away from them, but they were a botched snap from losing that game. Like they probably should have. Would and would would people be touting this team if they lost that game? If they were seven and two right now? I don't think so. You know? Well they would that, they would also be what I'm saying. They'd be also talking a lot of shit if Kirk Cousins was the one who threw that pick at the end of the game. Yeah, no, no. Josh Ooh. Allen has gotten shit for his performance the past few weeks, and I have the same stance. Like, I still think they're one of the best teams in the league. I'm not going to let a few bad games, you know, cloud your judgment. Try to have a thousand feet, thousand foot view of this stuff, and I still see the Vikings as like a a team that's worse than their record right now, and I still see the Bills as probably the Super Bowl favorite. That's just. I'm not going to let a miraculous comeback change that. Well, there, I think it also would be a lot different if, you know, what if, what if Josh Allen doesn't get out of the end zone, right? And it's a safety. Then the Vikings go down and kick a field goal, tie it, and then it goes to overtime. Then what? I mean, there, there's a million what if scenarios in that game. Like, I, I shared the win probability chart. It was, yeah, it's it, ridiculous. It looks like <laughs> someone having a heart attack. It was me. It was me. <laughs> It was me having a hundred. <laughs> and and Justin lot. Jefferson made the best catch of the year. And, and I don't think... Some would call it the best catch of all time. I mean, there's... I, I've, I been watching, I've been watching SportsCenter <laughs> all week and people are, you know, people are arguing it. I mean, in the situation, the situation is, is what people are talking about. Down, you know, it's fourth and 18. Now yep. Odell Beckham's like like uh, Shannon Sharp was saying Odell Beckham's catch is phenomenal. They only that only put them up seven three and the the Giants lost the game. This was fourth and eighteen to go. The first the first catch that came to mind when I heard that was the helmet catch. That's uh, what I said too. That's exactly what I said too. Yeah. Second one was To's catch against the Packers in the divisional round. That's my that's actually my earliest football memory. Was I don't it know if you guys remember that. Again, like 98 yeah. or something like that. He gets decapitated by Darren Sharp and he holds on to the ball. And yeah. Steve Young stumbled when he took the snap on that on that play. Like it was it was it was awesome. And Theo also had like five. four drops that game. 
Yeah, yeah. That, that, and that was the game where Rice fumbled, yeah. but there was no replay, so they didn't overturn it. They called it incomplete pass. And uh, yeah, it was a hell of a game. But anyways, Mike, I, I kind of cut you off earlier. What did you have a what would you want to share about the Vikings? So so quick point, man. I'm not going to get long winded with it because you guys said more than enough. Um, the, the Vikings, like to your point, you said the 49ers, they're winning, but they're not winning nicely i guess right they're not winning Good fun enough. right the the, the the vikings are doing that man they're they're winning fun and they're, they're taking care of business and you know in this nfc where like we said we've been saying this since day one that nfc is up for grabs i'm not sold on the eagles i don't think that they can i think they're gonna run out of gas you've seen it with these last remaining undefeated teams in the league the last couple of years they just run out of gas i don't know what it is but they just they just sputter at the end of the season. I can see the Eagles doing that. And, and then you got, you know, the, the the Vikings are right below there. And then you got teams like the the, the Bucks. You know, you, you can't count them out. And then you got, um, I don't even know the other team that's in the, uh, the, the Cowboys, the, you know. Dallas, they, yeah. Yeah, like I just, the, the Vikings have enough. They're equipped, you know, offensively and now defensively. You know, the turnover differential is, is a plus eight, which is second in the league. You know, they got enough, man. I think they got enough to, to get through the NFC at least. And, you know, it just takes one game to to take care of business if you get to the Super Bowl. So um, I'm going to say, I mean, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say that the Vikings are my, my favorite coming out of the NFC right now. Well, I'm the one who said all year, like, yes, yeah, seven or five and one, six and one, seven and one, eight and one. I'm the one who said, hey, yeah. Six and one, but I don't feel like it. Seven and one, but I don't feel like it. But it feels a little better winning in Buffalo. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. I'm no not going to sit here. I don't know if I think that I'm not, I don't know if I'm convinced the Vikings are the best team in the NFC. I don't know. I, they still have one loss and that, that loss is to the other eight and one team. So I, on paper, the 49ers are probably better. But by the time they get to the playoffs, Christian McCaffrey will be hurt. So, so. <laughs> George Kittle will be on Brock, IR again. It'll be Brock Purdy starting a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we got your, the Vikings got your boy Nick Mullins. So, yeah. What are we gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but the all right, Vikings are one of two teams with the winning record, despite negative yards per play differential. One of three teams. Sorry. It's yeah. them, the Chargers, and the Giants. So, one one last thought about that: like, I'm not saying they can't win the conference. I just think it's more of a testament to how open and I guess down the conference is. That you know they, I, I don't know. I still think the Eagles are going to win the NFC. I still see them as a class of the conference, but um, yeah, the Vikings could do it. I just. I just think it's going to – these one-score games are not going to go in their favor sometime soon. Well, we – I mean, if they lose – if they go, you know, 9-1 and one in one-score games, I'm going to be okay with it for the rest, you know. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you got to score more points than the other team to win, and that's what the Vikings are doing very well. Thanks, John. And a very – actually seven times in a row, so <laughs> – yeah, John Madden, I know. I say it every year. but <laughs> All right, that's all the time we got tonight. I appreciate everyone for listening. You guys got anything else? That's it, man. Nope. Thank all you right, for we'll, listening. 
We will catch you guys on Friday.